The last one's at the bar. Exclusively talks about the sport of boxing. All right, now welcome to Last Ones at the Bar. The best in the business when it comes to this boxing talk. You know, other podcasts, they do it, but we're not messing with y'all. That's why me and the fellas are, are out for justice like Steven Seagal. And y'all mark for death. You understand what I'm saying? Hard to kill, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know anything about Steven Seagal old movies? Yeah, I used to watch them. You know, it started with uh, Above the Law, then, of course, Hard to Kill, Mark for Death, and Out for Justice. Then after that, then as we started with the, the under siege and all that stuff. But, you know. Yeah, man. Well, how was Steven Seagal able to get off all that stuff being so stiff, though? You know what I'm saying? I don't know, man. When you're a Hollywood dude like that and you, you worth some money, uh, you can get away with some things, too. Man. <laughs> yeah, he was over there, you know, moving around like Joe Joyce. But anyway, <laughs> man, today we got we got a, a special guest, you know. We got our guy, you know. He's like the, the fourth you know, unofficial member of the podcast, the legend, Ty. Ty, how you doing today? Man, I'm doing good, man. You know, been busy yesterday, but you know, you know, just glad to be on, man. You know, kick the spots and talk off, man. Let's get to it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. We try to do a little softball, you know, to get everybody warmed up and everything. You know, first and foremost, how was you guys weekends, man? Uh, it was cool. You know, uh, I was able to, uh, Get out and see the sunlight. Um, uh, there was a I had, one of my friends got married yesterday, so shout out to uh, Andre Williams and Aisha Williams. You know the newlyweds, so uh, big shout out. But enjoying the sunlight, man. That's what's up. What about you, Ty? Yeah, man, my weekend was good. You know, uh, had a birthday party yesterday for my dad. You know, a surprise birthday party. Uh, so you know, I was. I was out and about, you know, running around trying to get things set up for the party. But, you know, the party was awesome, man. You know, I had a good time. So, you know, like today, man, I'm just in relaxed mode. That's what's up. Yeah, man. I, congratulations to, I think you said your pops and then also Bill to the newly married couple. For me, it was just a matter of getting adjusted. I moved a couple of weeks back, but I had a lot of stuff on my plate, you know, with that move. Also going back to my hometown last week. So to this week to me was like the first week of actually being able to just have things settle and have things slow down. And I was able to, um, you know, hang out a little bit and, you know, let's, let's start this thing off with a big bang. You understand what I'm saying? Speaking of big bangs, you know, yesterday out there in the UK, you had Jelly Jong versus Joe Joyce, you know, the two big men were in, you know, competition yesterday. They started the, event off with old sweet caroline but they might as well change it up to old sweet jelly john because you know he put on a heck of a performance what did you fellas think about uh that fight yesterday i thought it was a a pretty uh solid performance from jelly jang i mean it, he really he actually won this fight in the first two rounds from what he did uh he he had a great game plan with the uh, you know the strengths and weaknesses that he had he came out, man, took it to Joyce early, you know, got that respect, made Joyce kind of hesitant to really, you know, do what he normally does and pressure, pressure Zhang like he pressures the other opponents. Uh, and, and Zhang started closing Joyce's eye early, and, and that played dividend, paid dividends later in this fight. Um, so, and then even in the second round, Zhang actually did hurt Joe Joyce with a, uh, uh, I think it was a straight left. But one of the things I do like about 
Jelly Jong is as a heavyweight, he does fight as a southpaw, even though he's southpaw. He's not just a brawler. He does things that southpaws normally do. He makes sure that that left is straight. He always he angles himself right. And he was really doing that against Joe Joyce. And even with uh, Jane's uh, stamina issues, uh, sometimes he fights in bursts and, some, and he kind of like takes his foot off the gas. Uh, it really didn't matter as much because when he started taking his foot off the gas around, I think, the third and the fourth round, uh, the damage was already done and Joyce's eye was starting to close. And Joyce, uh, he, you know, he still got his strong chin because Zhang didn't really, you know, put him on his seat or anything like that. But he was buzzed a little bit. Um, but Joyce, you know, he hung in there and he was kind of, you know, trying to get himself back in the fight and he was kind of doing well uh but at the same time that damage is already done that eye that right eye was already closed so uh once the ref started checking him i think it was the beginning of the fifth round i knew like it was only a matter of time man and then when, when the refs you know stopped the action the second time uh it had the doctor look at joyce's eye i knew like man this is gonna be over um but that's why you know the, that's why they fight the fights man for these type of reasons you know um so, Joe Joyce, you know, he falls to 15 and 1, 14 knockouts. Uh, Jelly Jane, uh, he, he uh, increases to 25 and 1 and 1 with, six, with 17 knockouts. Um, pretty good performance by Jean, by a great game plan that he came in, really taking the fight to Joyce and getting that respect early. Yeah, I see Ty having a little, little difficulty. But what I saw yesterday was a man who was just comfortable, you know, with everything that his opponent was attempting to do. Joyce, he looked like the fighter who I had been picking against. And it just so happened that it showed up yesterday. Every All of the flaws that I thought I was seeing in Joe Joyce, they were magnified yesterday um, in that performance. And it's, it's the fact that not that he's not skilled. Um, he's just, he's super slow. And I think that in the past, with the exception of the Dubois fight, he was either fighting against older fighters who was like a little bit longer than two, or he fought against guys that couldn't like hurt him. And so with Jelly John being almost 280 pounds and just those quick twitch muscles that he has, especially with that left hand, it got to a point where it was it was pretty bad because even though Zhang needs time, like the first two or three rounds, he's going to be on point. And then after that, he's going to have to re-energize himself in order to be able to get the shots off the way he wants. Now, Joyce had a good game plan as well because what he was going to try to do was just stay busy, stay busy. And then like when the older man didn't really want to fight, that he was going to be just staying busy, hitting him with stuff. And it looked like it could have possibly gone in that direction. It's just John. When I saw John sitting in there and he wasn't necessarily even worried about what Joe Joyce was doing, I knew that he was in trouble because he knew that he can pick it up anytime that he wanted. He can land that left hand anytime. He couldn't mess with the left hand. And it was just, he was just zeroing in. Now, you can have the best chin in the world, but do you have the best, like, tissue around your eyes. You know what I'm saying? You keep getting hit by a dude that big, it's going to cause some type of damage. And so that's where the tricky part. Now, I think he probably would have stopped him had that fight went on. If you look at the punch stats, it was um, Joyce threw 
as far as the power punches, 253 power punches to Jean's 140. But Jean, even though he threw 113 less shots, he landed 18 more than Joy. So he was 56% a big heavyweight like that with that accuracy rate with power shots. Come on, man. I don't care how large your cranium is. You don't want to, you know, be taking those type of shots, you know, like that. The other thing that I didn't like about Joyce, I don't like him coming in lighter. I think that he's better when he's just who he is. And he wears on guys like being that big and being able to keep coming at the pace that he comes. Not that he's like fast or anything like that. It's just he just keeps coming, keeps coming, keeps coming. And it wears on you. But him being lighter, I don't think that's going to benefit him because it's not like he's going to be more elusive. He's not going to be more anything other than just not having enough resistance. You know what I mean? That was the first time I ever seen him. And, and I said this before the fight. Every time I seen John fight somebody, he hurt him. Every fight. Like the fight that he um, he had the close fight, I want to say it was a draw um, with force. He was beating the mess out of four. He just ran out of gas, completely out of gas in round five, and then just was able to survive to the end. But he was beating the mess out of him. The last fight against Herkovich, he was hurting the mess out of Herkovich. Now, that Herkovich fight, that seems like a very impressive victory now for Herkovich because Jong is not anything to play with. But all in all, I just thought that the skill level was just different. Um, Joyce, I don't know. I don't know what if, if he can beat this man. You know what I mean? That's going to be a daunting task because – he's not going to be able to get out of the way of that level because he's so slow. You know what I'm saying? Um, but all in all, it was a good victory. John said, man, you're making a mistake. And he was right. Um, but shout out to Joyce for not resting on his laurels because he could have easily just chose somebody and bought some time until he got his opportunity at one of the belts. But, you know, he took on that challenge. So shout out to him. What you think, Ty? What you see yesterday? Yeah, I didn't see the fight, but you know, I just caught the highlights. But you know, going going into this fight, you know, I had Joyce winning, but you know, I always question, you know, how much time does he really have on his side? Because you know, he's already passed, you know, thirty five. But you know, every fight that he's had, you know, he's been stopping these guys. You know, he's been knocking them out. But one thing I didn't know was that you know him and Zong were about the same height. So you know. That started, you know, changing my mind a, a little bit, you know, as the fight got closer. But, you know, I was still going for, you know, uh, Joe Joyce probably by a late stoppage, you know, considering everyone always say that, you know, Zion didn't have the best gas tank. But, you know, you know, Zion proved me wrong. You know, I'm happy for him. You know, shout out to him. You know, he did his thing. And an impressive victory for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think very good win. You know, I think the next question would be, is where do these guys go like what what do you what what's next for jong and then what's next for joyce i mean for jong i think there there's names he can fight he's in a weird position because he also can be looked at as, the, as some type of the guy that you kind of avoid because he is still isn't a big name but he's still he's dangerous you know um if if i'm jelly jong i mean he could rematch the guy that has a victory over him. Uh, uh, was it Fleep Herkovich? He has a rematch with that. Or if he want to step it up, I mean, really, I think a great fight for him, but a bad fight for his opponent. The fight he should be calling out right now is uh, a fight with AJ. I think that I doubt that will happen, but I think for him, that should be a fight 
if I were him, I would shoot for with his abilities and with his talent level and things of that nature. Uh, because I think AJ is very beatable and a, a huge name versus these other guys who will probably be um, probably more of a higher higher risk. Um, but but yeah, I mean I mean it was, it was a great performance from him. Uh, I want to see more of him, but I do think he should avenge that loss uh, against Herkovich because um, I thought that was a fight that was kind of winnable for him, and I think in a rematch he would get Herkovich out of there. Man, you think Hergovich be a dang old fool to be fighting that man right now? Yeah, but if I'm if I'm Jolly Jong, I'm 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 gonna ask that fight. Like, I'm avenging that loss. You know what I'm saying? That's Hergovich is bad for him, but it's not bad for Jolly Jong, though. Because both of them are in situations where, like for instance, Hergovich, he got the win. So what do I get out of this fighting this dude again when I'm already in contention for a belt? You know what I'm saying? Like he's already like the number one dude or whatever, you know, for a title. So I think that would be, and then also this guy is going to be 40, I think next week. So for him, I think what he should be shooting for is the U6, the um, the the Furies and, and people like that. AJ, another guy who should stay the heck away from him. <laughs> like that don't make any sense for AJ to be running after him now. I'm going to tell you what it'd be, a, that, that would be a huge fight because you got the Chinese, UK, that'd be a big deal now. But I don't think AJ, AJ is still trying to figure things out. And so that wouldn't that would be not in his best interest to be taking that fight now. Who would be a great fight? Jelly is man. When I look at the top heavyweights, Jelly right there with all them dudes, man, because that he's he's really skilled, man. He's big. You just have to make it out of that first few rounds. Going back to Joyce, man. Joyce looked bad yesterday, dog. <laughs> like I ain't gonna lie to you. I'm looking at him, and he was trying to throw his punches. Maybe he was fighting the southpaw. You know what I'm saying? A big southpaw. Maybe that is why he looked so just just the way he was like trying to throw his punches. It didn't have any pop on his punches or anything like that. It just looked like a big dude who was slapping with his shots. And again, maybe eventually it would have, you know, went in his favor the longer the fight went on. But he just couldn't continue with that, that um, with his eye like that. Now, as far as where he goes. Oh, I was going to say Jelly Jong. Jelly Jong and um, what about Jelly Jong and Wilder? Somebody going to sleep. You know what I'm saying? And again, I told you, every time I see John, he hurt somebody, especially early. Now, will he be able to get out of the way of that Alabama slammer, though? Now, that's going to be the thing. And then what he's going to do once he gets hit, you know, so that would be an interesting fight. I would love to see that one right there. And I think that Wilder is just one of those type of dudes who's wild enough to accept it, you know, after what he saw yesterday. And so those are some of the things for him. But I think the sky's the limit for him because all of the upper echelon guys, he's like right there with them. But he bet, better hurry up and start getting those fights because he's not getting any younger. As far as Joe Joyce, he just got to recoup, uh, rebuild himself. I don't know. His shelf life is going to be short, though, because he gets hit way too much. And I don't see him improving that much on this defense. He's 37 years of age. He hasn't improved at this point. He did never even look like he was you know, even trying to, you know what I mean? He was relying on that, that, that solid chin, you know, to pull him through against everybody and then just, you know, increase his, his, his uh, pace. And then he's just too big and too strong. That's going to be a recipe for disaster with some of those upper echelon guys. I think now they see through it and they know that, that he's not that, um, that tank or that, that something that can't be, 
you know, demolished and whatnot. They'll, they'll salivate at the opportunity, you know, to take on Joe Joyce at this particular point. But um, I think matchup-wise, he might match up better against some other guys, but a big, strong guy, left-handed, you know, that was a recipe for disaster for him. What about you, Ty? What you think is next for both of these guys? What should be next for both of these guys? Yeah, I agree with both of you guys. You know, uh, far as Zion, man, I think he should, he should, you know, avenge that loss, you know, Herkovich. But at the same time, you know, he is older. So, you know, you know, at this point in his career, you know, he wants, he needs to go after those big names, you know, the Tyson Furies, you know, the Tyson Furies, the Wilders, you know, if, if those options, you know, present itself. But uh, I think him and Ferry would definitely be, you know, a good fight. But far as Joe Joyce, man, he's, I, I don't know, man. Maybe I would say maybe like, you know, a Dylan White, maybe. But, you know, one thing about uh, Joe Joyce, man, I knew I knew he was eventually going to lose to somebody. Cause like I said, man, everyone knows he's slow, man. He's like he's like a mummy out there, man. Like he's he's got a lot of power, man. But it's just that his punches got so much uh, so much effectiveness behind it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I think Joe Joyce should probably take on somebody like maybe like a Dylan White. And, you know, Zion should take on, you know, the fairy. Or rematch, rematch, uh, Herkovich. Hmm. Yeah, let's go ahead and take a look at some of these comments, uh, real quick. And so, you got my main man. Um, let me pull this up a little bit. I can't see that good. Yeah, you got right. boxing first vlog. He said it wasn't about style, it was about strategy. Okay, I feel you on that. Yeah, that's our part strategy, man. <laughs> yeah, he's from uh, G5's channel. So, you know, who shout out to boxing first vlog, man. Okay. He also stated that um, the next step, easy Fury versus on. Fury's a wild card, though. You just never know what Fury's going to do. That's the thing. Like I, That would be the obvious choice. But then, you know, you would think that Fury would fight uh, Usyk. You know what I'm saying? But he's playing hard to get right now. So we'll see. I like that, though. And then Scotty, my main man, Scotty. Scotty says, Zong, an overnight sensation in China, should just bide his time for his mandatory shot and take soft touches for the next couple of years. Yeah, the next couple of years, though, Scott, the only problem with that is going to be like 42. <laughs> you know, we'll see. But with that style, I think the way he fights, you know, he he's definitely could stick around, you know, for a few more years at that level. And then Shelton Moore says, what's happening, brothers? What's up, Shelton? He says, just stumbled upon your channel listening. Can we say cherry pick going wrong? Nah, Shelton, I wouldn't say that, though. I wouldn't say nah. it, because he, he knew the risk that was involved. I think that he just was banking on his talent. You know what I'm saying? What, what you fellas think about that? You think it was a cherry pick going wrong? No, not at all. I think Joe Joyce is one of those guys that will fight anybody. And I don't think he's the type that I'll say, hey, I think I could beat this guy. Because when you look at him, you see how slow he is. If I was that slow, I, I'd be concerned about even being a boxer. But he's, he, uh, he's, he's very – he has some type of talent where he has awareness of where those punches should go. And, you know, he's big and strong and all those things. So I don't think it was a cherry pick going wrong. I just think that uh, – John just came out with the right strategy and implement and was able to execute a lot better than Joyce could. That's a bad matchup, too. Like he just because he's so accurate. Joyce is not that most accurate guy. He takes a lot of punches and he's getting hit by a big strong dude. I just think that he thought that you know he was good enough to take on that task and he wanted somebody that 
was going to motivate him because he can just take on anybody, but he knew the danger that lurked when it came to dealing with Jelly John. Um, but Sheldon, man, I, I appreciate that. You know, hit, hit that like and subscribe button. What you think, uh, Ty? You think that was a, a cherry pick going wrong? No, I don't think it was a cherry pick going wrong at all. You know, uh, George, you know, his team been moving him the right way, you know, with his age. You know, he's beat former champion, you know, Bermain Stavern. You know, he's beat uh, Daniel Dubois. He was the first to stop, you know, Joseph Parker. So, you know, he just had another uh, tough task in front of him. But, you know, obviously, you know, it wasn't his night. And, you know, uh, Zion got the best of him. Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you. That is one guy. It's two dudes that I, I would avoid. If I don't have to fight him, I just wouldn't fight him. That's Jean because he's big, strong, powerful, and he has some know-how. He's a former um, Olympian, and he was, a you know, won a silver. You know what I mean? So he has some talent. He just was out there in China. Um, and then also Frank Sanchez. Like, I would avoid Frank unless I have to fight him. Then I wouldn't be messing around with them dudes because the risk outweighs the reward. And then also we got Jimmy Chin. He said, I believe that Joyce underestimated Big Bang and Zhang was countering with combos. He definitely was. I don't know if he underestimated him, but he definitely was countering. And then we also had Jimmy Chin say Zhang versus Fury would be a great fight. I agree. Scotty, he says, you know, he's talking to Shelton, so I won't, you know, put that conversation out there. And then you got promotion wise. I'm not sure what we were referring to. But let's go ahead and get back into these topics. So any you guys have anything else when it comes to uh Jean and, and Joyce? No, nah, I just say um I just want to say, you know, salute to my guy Chris G. You know, he called this fight, you know, he he predicted, you know, Zion would win. So, you know, shout out to him. You know, I, like I said, it kind of it kind of took me by surprise. You know, I thought that, you know, Joe Joyce was that guy. But like I said, I, I eventually knew somebody was gonna get his number, you know, with his age and how slow he is. So, like I said, again, man, who shout out to Zion? Yeah, man, you know what? Joyce just he didn't perform or he performed the way that I thought he would perform, but it was just a fight too late. I thought when he was facing um, his last fight, what's my guy name that he knocked out in the 11th round? Parker. Parker. Yeah. Yeah. I thought that Parker was going to exploit, him. but then Parker was running around and stuff like that. He didn't look like himself and Joyce was just too big. So I said, I'm never picking against Joyce again. He's a, dude, he's a big dude. But then yesterday, and really what I'm thinking when I'm looking at both guys and the way Zong is always nailing people with that left, because he hit, he knocked Herkovich down in the first round. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, but is he going to be able to hurt Joyce? And once he started getting tired, is Joyce just going to come on and end up beating him? I'm looking at his age, and I'm like, I'm like, you know, the way they fight, it might play out in Joyce's favor. But I should have went with my first pick. You know what I mean? And what this fight told me is that that's what I'm going to do moving forward. So when we come to these predictions, you're going to see some surprise because I'm going with I believe not. Forget all that nonsense. Anything you got available, you want to move to the next part? Yeah, I see Shelton said something that I thought about, you know, uh, about the, the sparring reports coming that, that Joyce had no softball sparring in his camp. It looked like he didn't. And I'm like, man, it looked like he just didn't know how to fight a softball. It was like he just couldn't get out of the way of that, that straight left. You know? Yeah, yeah. If you look at Joyce fights, like he don't spar anybody that he's getting prepared for because he's always getting hit flush by everybody. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, let's go ahead and go to the next topic. You guys see the fight between Meyer and uh Wildheart? No, I, I didn't see that fight. I know it was originally uh supposed to be with her against an, an, another opponent who pulled out, but um, yeah, you can cook on that wheel. 
No, I'm not going to cook on that at all. What about you? <laughs> uh, did you see that fight, Ty? Nah, I missed the fight, like I said, you know, because I had, uh, you know, my dad's party to go to. But now, nah, you know, I'm happy. You know, I'm happy for Maya, you know, that she, you know, she got the win. You know, she was real salty over that uh, bomb going to loss. So, you know, maybe moving forward, maybe, you know, she can get that rematch and, you know, they, they can settle it again. Yeah, let me just go ahead and go through the punch stats real quick. You had uh, Meyer or Mayor, she landed 236 out of 592 shots that she threw. Um, you had Wildheart. She was she was a one day you know a one day notice replacement. She landed 131 shots out of 462. She was real game. Uh, Meyer 40 percent accuracy rate. Wildheart 28 percent. And then Meyer she landed a career high 116 body shots in this fight. The only thing I'll say, man, I'm gonna be honest with you, um, Mayor, she's calling out all of the top names at 135. You know, she wants the Taylors and Serranos and things like that. To me, that's just one thing she's not going to be able to do is be victorious against one of those upper echelon females, to me. You know what I'm saying? Because she's just so basic. She's going to do the same thing over and over. And she reminds me of, of, of the of guy we're going to be talking about later, Rockamoff. But Rockamoff a little bit more skilled to me. But she's just like gritty. She likes to throw that overhand right. But it's just she doesn't have power. You know what I mean? It's like she's throwing a bat, but it's a wiffle ball bat. You understand what I'm saying? And then somebody else coming with a Louisville slugger. You know, if you find somebody like a Serrano or somebody with some skill and know-how. Um, Timothy Bradley was saying stuff like he think that she's just hit a, her, her wall or ceiling. You know, she's 32 years of age. And I just think she's rather basic. She's a professional. You know, don't get me wrong. Like, she's a, a, a world-class fighter. But she just don't have any pizzazz or any like special effects or anything like that, you know. But shout out to her, you know, for getting a victory in the new weight class, and um, we'll see. Hopefully, I'm wrong, you know, as far as my assessment of what it is that I see. Uh, now we're gonna go ahead and get off into these predictions, man. We got a lot of fights next week that we uh, are gonna make predictions on. Some of these might be surprising to you, you all, um, but who knows? We shall see. So now the first one. It's going to be the biggie. It's the big one right here. So you got Ryan Garcia. He's going to be taking on Tank Davis in a highly anticipated matchup, you know, um, out there in Las Vegas. What do you guys think is going to be the likely outcome in this one? I think uh, Mr. King Rye, Ryan Garcia, need to be, he better bring a pillow, man, to this to the ring, man, because he's going to be going to sleep, man. <laughs> or you know what? I think he can drink two big pots of coffee, and I think – Tank is still gonna catch him. Uh, now it's, it's still gonna be a very, very exciting fight. I mean, um, I'm, to me, it's not the best fight that can be made at lightweight. There's better fights for a boxing purist, but in terms of excitement, this one's gonna bring, and this one's gonna bring out all the the one is going one thing is gonna do is gonna bring out all the casual fans, and another thing is gonna do is gonna deliver on that. Nobody, I don't think anybody's gonna go home, you know. Uh, Thinking that 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 this was a boring fight in any type of way, so Tank Davis, man, eight, he's twenty eight and no, twenty six knockouts, man, which is a you know high knockout rate. With Ryan Garcia has a high knockout rate also, but uh, Tank five foot five, sixty seven inch wingspan. Garcia twenty three and no, nineteen knockouts. He's about five ten with a seventy inch wingspan. Uh, both are, are power punchers. Uh, Tank, man, he just southpaw. Uh, but he, he he's a 
evenly his power is evenly distributed to me. Like he can knock you out with that left as, as much as that uh that uh right uppercut, you know, and the right hook. He's definitely dangerous, man. Power, but one thing that he that Tank does that's underrated, he has a lot of uh boxing skill and he's he's very patient. Um, so he's always dangerous because he's patient. He always doesn't lay all his cards on the table early. Even though he has that power, he doesn't try to take you out of there in the first round. He he buys his time and try to figure you out. Now, Ryan Garcia, he's like a boxer puncher. Very, very, very fast, man. I mean, extremely fast. Got this left hook that's snappy. Uh, could put a lot of guys out, man. So uh, he can hurt Tank Davis in this fight. So this fight is going to be very, very interesting. What I think is going to happen, um, I think – Ryan actually can win this fight if he take if he take it to Tank early and able to get Tank out of there, you know. But it still comes with some risk, and Ryan has to accept that he may get knocked out. Uh, and then and I'm not sure if Ryan Garcia is, is is a better overall boxer than than Tank. And if he is, he could probably outbox him for the entire fight. But I'm not, I'm not sure that's the best strategy for him to me. Um, so I do think that Ryan's going to come out very very aggressive, looking to to get. Uh, Tank's attention, but I do think that Tank does have a, a stronger chin than he gets credit for, uh, and I think that's going to come into play with this fight. And when Ryan does land that that left hook, and if Tank is able to withstand that, that's probably going to take uh, Garcia's heart. So I think around maybe the seventh, eighth round, Ryan Garcia is going to be going to sleep. We're going to be slinging baby lullabies to Ryan Garcia. So I think that Tank Davis will knock out Ryan Garcia in the eighth round. That was cute. So what y'all think? Yeah, that's cute. But go ahead, Taz. What what you got? What do you think going on? Yeah, uh, you know, you know, I'm from Maryland, man. So you know, I gotta, you know, I gotta ride with Tank all day, man, all day. Hey, hey, yeah. Ty, Ty, you don't have to. I know this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got, I gotta ride with Tank all day, man. Got to. Yeah, but you know, Tank Tank is like a mini Mike Tyson, man. Like as Vel said, you know, he's got almost all knockouts in all of his fights. You know, he's he's a good timing puncher. You know, he's he's a guy that you know he just he just times you so well, and he catches you with that one shot, and he'll put you down, and he definitely go in for the kill. And we all know that Ryan uh, Garcia doesn't have the best chin. You know, we seen him clipped by uh, Luke Campbell, and he fell hard. And, you know, Tank, Tank's got different power. You know, he's got way more power than Luke Campbell. And, you know, like I said, Tank will go on for the kill once he sees uh, Ryan Garcia hurt. But at the same time, you know, this is probably Tank's toughest test. You know, Ryan Garcia, he's got speed. You know, he's got power. He's tall. But we've seen what Tank can do, you know, the tall guys such as uh, Mario Barrios. So I, I just feel that, you know, it's going to be competitive. But I feel that Tank will probably get, you know, the stoppage from – I would say from like round seven to nine that Tank Tank could probably get him out of there. Yeah, that's you know when when you look at this as far as like um, the odds, you would have to say Tank is about seventy thirty um, as far as like the odds of the fight. So like seven to three or something like that. And that to me, that's that's good money if you're gonna go ahead and uh, put some money on Garcia. And I think that that's exactly what I'm gonna do. You know, I think when people say certain things about this fight or their attributes, well, Tank is a patient fighter. I don't necessarily look at it like that. I think that Tank, the guys that he's fought, he could play that game. 
with them. You know, when I look at the other Garcia that he just fought, we already knew what the outcome of that fight was going to be because Garcia stays in the pocket way too long. He's a good little fighter, but he's coming up in weight and he gets hit too much, flushed by the other little guys that he's faced. Now, you fight, fight somebody who hits as hard as Tank, it's only so much of that you're going to be able to take. Then he's fighting dudes like Roley. Roley is like the skill-wise one of the worst I've seen. You know what I'm saying? But he talks a good game, and he got so many people thinking that he's he's good. You know, I'm hearing other people. I listen to Cameron's uh, podcast, not the name drop or anything like that. You know, he do the little sports thing. He was like, Tank fighting everybody you want to see. You know that Roley fight, and he was hyping up Roley. I'm like, dang, like, for real? Like, you saying Roley was, was a good win? So, you know, and, and as I look, like the Santa Cruz. Santa Cruz is a volume puncher fighting against a power puncher. He's moving up in weight or – he was at a smaller weight and they fighting at this kind of catch weight type thing. Not necessarily catch weight, but they fought at 130. But he's tank is way too strong for somebody like that. In this fight right here, I think both guys are fighting guys that they've never faced. Like Ryan hasn't faced somebody with the type of power that tank has. Nobody will at those lower weight classes. But I think that he's fought guys like short guys who are trying to come in more then Tank has fought somebody as skilled as Ryan Garcia and with the timing of a Ryan Garcia. See, that's the thing. See, when Tank comes in lurking and wants to drop that bomb on him, he's going to have to be apprehensive. And Tank is typically apprehensive. He was apprehensive against Barrios. Barrios doesn't have a skill as, as a Ryan Garcia. He might, I don't know who's the better fighter, but as far as the skill level and some of those key little attributes that he has, like that timing, like that's, that's God-given timing that he has. Check him out when he knocked those dudes out. You know, he talks about the left hand tank, saying that his left hand is, that's all he got. Sometimes that's all you need, you know? And then he his right hand isn't shabby. So when he revs it up and tries to come in, he's going to have to be very cognizant on coming in. And it's either going to play out where it's going to last longer than most people anticipate because of the fact of Tank's apprehension. His coaches are going to be like, come on, man, get in there. But he's going to taste that power. And it's like, man, I ain't trying to hear that lullaby music. You understand what I'm saying? So I'm going to go in this direction. I'm going to say, let's see, Shelby, you say uh, Barrios beats Garcia. He might. But that don't necessarily mean, you know, when it comes to matchup, who's going to beat each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can put Bar. And you got to keep in mind, Barrios was struggling for years making 140. So you got to play that factor, too. But what I'm saying is when, when Tank fought against Barrios, he was biding his time because he felt that Barrios was still too powerful to go ahead and start coming in there. And so he was waiting on him to wear down. I don't think he can play that game on Ryan. And like I say, that's that quick timing that he has. And he's going to put some real serious mean um, – you know, nastiness behind those shots. I like Ryan Garcia. I got ninth round stoppage. King Ryan. <laughs> new new face of boxing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so that's what I got, man. Anything else you guys have on this highly yeah. anticipated match? Yeah, man. I, hey, I can see. I, I can see. I can see Garcia stopping that. I can see Garcia stopping Tank. I can see that happening, honestly. But to me. And I've said this years ago. Garcia, he he, he just has a Miracon thing about him to, to me. You got a weak chin. Yeah, we we seen it. We seen him get dropping. This fight is gonna be like Canelo and Miracon, man. And then after this, 
and I think that Tank was very, very smart to take this fight because uh, even though it's a risky fight, he know that chin is crackable. And if he gets that win over Ryan Garcia, who people think is like so up there, people going to be yelling about, watch, next week, people going to be thinking Tank is the best thing that ever happened in boxing. Watch. watch. Even though, you know, you got Devin Haney out there. You know what I'm saying? You got Chris Stevenson out there. You got all these cat Regis program one for you out there. People are gonna be talking about Tank as like this guy after uh April 22nd. This is smart. Absolutely, because this is highly anticipated, highly publicized, right? And so from a marketing standpoint, he's doing himself, you know, a wonderful job. You know what I'm saying? As as far as this is concerned. But at the end of the day. You know, I think that he's going to buy himself more time to fight some of those nondescript dudes before he ever gets to a, a Shakur or a Devin or somebody like that. This He's going to, you know, people are going to be OK with him taking on the less than stellar opposition. I, I haven't seen it yet. That's what I'm saying. That's why I say that this fight is close to a 50-50 fight. Tell me the guy that Tank fought that was that dude. You tell me one guy that Tank has fought. Did he fight Lomachenko? When Lomachenko Romero in. <laughs> Did he, no, no. Saying, man. did he fight the Lomachenkos out there? No, I didn't fight Lomachenko. When he went to 140, did he fight Josh Taylor? When Josh Taylor had all the bells? No, he fought Mario Barrios. He didn't even fight um, my main man out of D.C. When he went over there and fought dang on Santa Cruz. So stop it, man. Like, that's that's what I'm talking about. You want to prove. Like, this fight ain't even showing me anything, really. Yeah, so it's frustrating. Like, you talking about you going to go ahead and talk that talk. Let's go ahead and talk that talk for real, man. Hey, anything else you guys have on this fight? Yeah, I'll add, I'll add that you know, even though you know Ryan Garcia is a taller fighter, you know, I can see, I can see, you know, with Garcia's speed, him trying to, you know, clip Tank as Tank comes in. But we we've seen a lot of times, man, you know, with a shorter with a shorter fighter hurts the bigger fighter. You know, we've seen it with um Cal Naki, you know, when he uh dropped uh Gerald Washington. We just seen it with uh Brian Mendoza and Fondora. You know, we've seen it with um Sergio Martinez and Paul Williams. So. Man, like I said, though, Tank's, Tank's power is different, man. He definitely has the power to, to hurt you, and he has the power to finish you. But And another thing I want to add is that Tank does have, you know, all the advantages on his side in this fight. You know, he's got the, he's got the rematch clause on his side. You know, he's got the rehydration clause. So, and, you know, the fact that Ryan Garcia still took this fight just shows me, you know, he wants this fight. You know, he's hungry. You know, he's hungry to prove something. And uh, the last thing I want to add is, you know, both guys, even though you can't judge fights like this, uh, both guys did fight. Uh, I believe the guy's name was Francisco. And I, I believe that Tank stopped him in like round eight and Garcia stopped him in the first round. So Garcia, Garcia's power is definitely different as well. It is. You know, good points. Uh, my man, man, Scotty says Tank has reduced the risk by making it a catch weight and rehydration clause. It'll be I'll be disappointed if he doesn't get the KO. Well, be be prepared to be disappointed, Scotty. Um, <laughs> the other thing is this, is that now on the flip side of that, the same thing that make you laugh can make you cry. This may affect Tank. You know what I'm saying? As far as him not being able to rehydrate himself the way he typically rehydrates himself. You just never know. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see. Uh, Tank has issues with those killers at 140. I don't think he beats Matias, Regis, or Taylor. I don't think he's ever going to face anybody like that unless he sees some serious flaws. Like one of them dudes, like get hurt. they might win a fight, but they get hurt real bad. And, you know, there's something along those lines. Then he'll take that fight. He just hasn't shown me that. That's the, that's the thing, man. Like Tank, 
if he messed around, like I said before, if by now, if he had beat Tevin Farmer when Tevin Farmer was on his bumper, if he had beat um, Gary Russell when Gary Russell was on his bumper, like, no, nah, give me those dudes, man. They can't mess with me. And he would have went ahead and, and, and done away with them. Then Tank would have my full support. Or if he fights some of these dudes now, as opposed to like, you know, having these, uh, you know, tweefing with people like the Twitter beefs and stuff like that with him and Devin Haney and all them other dudes. No, man, go ahead, get in the ring and get busy, man. Um, but good point. You also have a show said might not be Ponce. I don't know about that one. Ponce looked a little shaky. Uh, like, we got to give Tank a little credit, though. Come on, show. <laughs> Ponce ain't tough, though. All right, so let me see. Let's go to the next. Y'all got any more on that, though? That's going to be a good fight, man. We already got a little tension brewing up right now. I just can't wait for fight night. All right. Goodbye, Tanky. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Next week on the undercard, man, you got another fighter that's going to take be on in action. He's an up-and-comer, you know, uh, David Morrell. He has a new opponent. Um, I know his name is Fakal. I think I want to say it's uh I can't remember his first name, but anyway, it's like Yamaguchi. Yeah, yeah, Yamaguchi, Yamaguchi uh Fakal, I believe. He's like 35 years of age, has one loss, you know, on his resume. And I mean he's a decent fighter, 6'1, 73 inch reach. Yamaguchi, Fakal, Southpaw, and uh Morel obviously is the you know top of the line, you know just slightly under the Canelos and Benavides and plants Then you have him eight and over seven KOs, 78 and a half inch reach, 25 years of age. And he's six one. Um, what are you looking to see in this fight? I, I would assume that you're going to go with uh, Morel, but what, what will be your prediction in this fight? If you had a chance to see a little bit of footage on for Kyle. Yeah. I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to find a lot of for, for Kyle, which is, you know, that's concerning. Um, but and plus this is a late replacement fight and that can work you know for or against morale it depends on how you look at it because you know morale has been training for you know somebody you know for 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 months i think it was uh uh a, a becco who, who i thought that would be an excellent fight and you know what i would still even want to see that in the future um but this you know we train it for a fighter and then then that fighter gets hurt and is a replacement, that's kind of a change of pace. Um, but at the same time, for Kyle, you know, there's a he's a late replacement, so he hasn't had time to train for David Morrell. And David Morrell is a hard fight to, to, to train for if you like on the level of a uh, for Kyle. So, uh, for Kyle, 24 one and one, uh, six foot one with a uh, I think it's a 73 inch. I just said that already. Oh, I'm sorry. okay, <laughs> whatever. So, uh Morel, I think he's just offensively gifted enough that he should um, perform up to par in this fight. Um, and not knowing a lot about Fakayo, I know Fakayo is definitely an Olympian. Um, so I think my gut is going to say that this is going to be a fight where Devin Morel goes a distance, but this won't come without any a few like spots where he who he's probably gonna hurt for kyle and knock him out a few times but i think i'm, I'm gonna choose david morrell by decision yeah I'll, I'll say since i'm not really very familiar with uh for kyle uh, i'm just gonna go for uh david morrell you know i believe he's got he's got a lot to prove you know he doesn't have a lot of uh fights under his belt so you know he's got he's got a lot in the tank 
you know, uh, it's been a lot of talks with, you know, him and Benavides. So, you know, if he if he gets the win, you know, I'm sure the fans would like for him and uh, Benavides to go at it. So, you know, and Morel definitely has power. You know, we've seen what he did to your boss and you know, after that fight, you know, your boss and was in a coma. So, you know, David Morel, he has, you know, he has serious power. So, you know, I'm looking forward to the fight and I'm expecting for Morel, you know, probably to get a stoppage because, you know, for Kyle only has like 10, 10 knockouts in your 24 fights. So, you know, he's not a very heavy puncher. Yeah, the little footage that I saw for Kyle, he's he he moves. What I don't like about him is he leaves his hands down a lot. Um, but he's jabbing to that body, he's circling, he's moving. So to me, that's going to be um lead me to believe that this fight is gonna last a little bit longer, unless Morell just catches him with something early, which I don't see because he's switching from a lefty. He's fighting a lefty now, and he was gonna be fighting a righty. I think it's better for a fighter to be the late replacement. And all you're doing is getting prepared for that guy if you're already, like, in shape and stuff like that, as opposed to Morel, who's who would have been fighting somebody totally different. And Beko is, like, a durable, strong, got a little pop and stuff like that, and he's a righty, big, strong, 168-pounder. So it's going to be different. The pro- approach has to be different against Fakal um, than it would be. And Fakal is not one of those guys who just commits to his shots where – his last opponent that he faced, Morel, the reason why he was able to put so much damage on him because he was willing to sit there and fight with him. I don't think that's for Kyle's fight. So, like I said, it lends me to believe that it's going to last longer. I just don't know, like, eventually will Fakal start to wear down and get fatigued because he hasn't fought at this level, even though he's 35 years of age and he's been fighting pretty long. He's been fighting in Brazil. So I think I'm going to say – a 10 round uh, TKO victory. I think it's going to go some rounds, but I think eventually with the pressure that um, Morel is going to put on him, that the corner is going to stop it or the ref is going to stop it at some point, you know, it's just going to get to where they believe that he doesn't have uh, any chance of winning a fight. I don't think that he's going to KO him because I don't think that Morel is as powerful as his record indicates. I just think that if somebody sits there in front of him, he has that type of power. But if you're moving around a little bit, it's not like he's just going to catch you and put you to sleep in that manner. And that's the type of fighter that he's he's facing. Um, also, next week, we got the rematch. You got Beck the Bully. He's going to be going against Gabe Rosado um, in a fight. I'm assuming that this is going to be on the zone. It's going to be an action-packed boxing weekend next week, man. You, got to, you better rest up. You know what I'm saying? And be prepared. That's gonna be a long day, but I love it though, man. What's what's you fellas' uh, prediction on this one right here? So back to bully, <laughs> and in a fight where he may not be the bully. So it's, it's interesting because uh, we look at the first fight. I mean, he Beck was able to to hurt Rosado in spots and even put him down, but just that shot, man, the shot that Rosado caught him that caught him with. It's one of those things that we're mentally man mentally that's a that's a that's a thing that you have to get over right because <laughs> uh um mechazine he forgot where he it almost like he didn't even know where he was and he was getting up like he was almost out of it so and Rosado has to be streaming with, with, with confidence going into this fight and of course the fight between Rosado and uh and uh Ramirez didn't happen which is, is a good thing because Going from that to this, it'll be it, it will be more of an issue. But it's not now that 
Posado, he hasn't really been getting like stopped in in his fight since then. I mean, he was, you know, he lost a few fights, but wasn't getting really getting stopped. So he's still a live dog in this fight, especially him being confident. Uh, and then even, you know, sometimes Gabriel Rosado, he he can box in at times. It's just that when when uh, when Bettmer was was really like hitting with them body shots and trying to put it on him, um, Rosado got more reserved and, and was backing up. It's just that Rosado was able to catch him with that shot. But that shot is what's going to be a saving grace in this fight because it's going to make uh, Melchizedek more like apprehensive of, of, of coming in and fight like himself. So uh, I expect one or two things. Either Batmir is going to come out very, very aggressive and get Gabe Rosado out of there early, or he's going to try to box and boxing for all 12 rounds. Um, if he tries to fight the the exact, exact same way he did the first fight, I think Gabe Rosado is going to get him out of there. So I think that uh, Melchizedek is probably going to win a decision over Gabe Rosado. That's my prediction. Yeah, I probably I probably go for uh, back to Mary. I think that, you know, Gabe Rosado, you know, he just – he just happy to you know land a, a big shot and you know get him out of there but you we know that you know gay rosado you know he's a warrior out of philadelphia but you know he's every top guy you know he's really been in there with you know he comes up short against you know i seen gay rosado fight live years ago way back in 2009 so you know he's been in the game a long time man you know i think i think his best days are all behind him but you know credit to him and his team you know always taking the big fights you know he definitely doesn't shy away from no competition, you know, he's definitely willing to fight anyone. But I think that uh Batamir will probably probably win this time around. I think that Gabe, even though even though he won, I think that was just more uh more like a more like a lucky shot to me. Oh before I start, I see Sheldon, he say uh Gabe for the win again. Um Sheldon, I I I'm so close to picking Gabe again, and the only reason. Before I get to my prediction, so you looking at these guys after the first fight, Beck is on a four fight win streak. Hasn't been fighting the best fighters, but he's getting himself back together. And Gabe is on a three fight losing streak, and he's progressively looking worse and worse. You know, he's showing his age more and more. You know, I think that luckily he didn't fight Zerto, because that would have been all she wrote. But I think that Gabe. He can be 45, but his style is always going to give Beck the bully trouble because he's it's it's very similar to what we saw yesterday when I'm talking about Joyce and Jean, because just the way he sets you up for shots like Beck at his best, he's open. He leaves himself open, but he hits so hard that most of the guys we face are apprehensive about, you know, putting their shots together to nail them or they just don't have it. They don't have enough power to really hurt them. Now, Gabe could be losing a whole fight, but he's still always, he's, he's like so professional and so, so, um, you know, a constant, like I say, he's a consummate professional. He's just trying to set you up for that shot. And all they got to do is land it that one time. Now, since then, since their first fight, Beck is still a bully, but he's more of a cautious bully. You know what I'm saying? Like, he don't really, he's not as reckless as he used to be. I think the way he fights 
and this is going to be a toss-up because Gabe can still can land and, and nail him. And he's still going to have that in the back of his mind. Like, dang, I was doing so well, and I still got caught. I remember just a quick bit of history. Tommy Hearns, when he fought against um, – what's my man name that knocked him out in the third or fourth round? Um, wait, 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 wait. 168. Iron so, uh, Brockley. I ran So check this out, right? So I'm checking out that fight. I'm talking about when it actually happened. Tommy Hearns was beating a mess out of Iran, bro. I'm talking about it was so bad that he was just like landing body shots and you can hear it. Boom. And it was like he was kind of like making it seem that this dude, he, he can't mess with me. You know what I'm saying? It was to that point. Iran Barkley just landed a punch out of nowhere. He just winded up and knocked him out. So, but then you think they do a rematch. I remember they was on Arsenio Hall and all that type of stuff. They do the rematch, and you know, Tommy Hearns telling like he landed a little lucky shot. When they fought again, Barkley was able to defeat him, and Aaron Barkley's nowhere near the skill level of a Tommy Hearns. But Tommy Hearns was so apprehensive of getting hit with that shot again that he never committed on Iran Barkley in the next fight. That's the thing with, with Beck. I think Beck is better at this point in his career. He's bigger, stronger, more powerful, has more energy. But is he going to be that apprehensive where Gabe is going to be getting rounds? I would, I'm going to lean towards Beck um, because of the fact that he's younger and hopefully for his sake that he doesn't get hit with that shot again. And then he, you know, is, is put himself mentally back in that same position. So I'm going to go with him by 10 round decision. But I think that Gabe has a really, really legitimate shot, you know, at winning the rematch. Um, let's see what the fella's saying in the comments. Beck, the bully is not a top guy. Definitely not. And then Beck, not what they say he is. Yeah, he, well, yeah, I think at this point, I think they know now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, <know> we're. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see. But shout out to both guys, man. You know, this is a better fight for Gabe than definitely that Zerto fight. <laughs> Zerto. Yes, sir. And, and so our last prediction of the day is going to be uh, Joey Gordina. He's going to be fighting against Rockamoff next week. Um, Southcott, Rockamoff. And an interesting matchup because really I thought that Gordina was the champ. But what ended up happening is they stripped him because he got hurt. And then Rockamoff ended up fighting someone in his last fight for the vacant belt so he's actually the champion um so this fight is another fight i think this is going to be on that the zone card with uh beck the bully and gabe rosado what do you guys think is the likely outcome of this one and, and um gordina's coming off that sensational knockout of a gala uh, in this last performance yeah this fight is actually going to be a a pretty entertaining fight too man i'm Actually, the more I see these guys, the more I'm, I'm looking forward to this fight. Uh, both are, are tall guys for, you know, super featherweight. Uh, Cordina is at five foot nine, uh, and and Rakimov is at what five foot eight. Uh, Cordina fifteen and 0, 9 knockouts. Like you said, come off that 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 <laughs> knockout over uh, Kanichi Agawa, and then you got uh, Shatkat Ramakov, uh, seventeen and 0 and one with with uh, fourteen knockouts. Uh, now, Rakimov is a, a, a southpaw. I thought that would make a difference, but really looking at the, how these guys match up, it may not be. Uh, so 
Um, I, I did see Rock, Rock and Ball's fight with uh, Jojo Diaz. Uh, and one of the things I did notice, even though Rock and Ball, you know, he was doing okay in that fight, is that Diaz is able to, to, to just land these right hands on, on Rock and Ball. And I was thought, like, man. Uh, and then when you watch that fight between Joey Cortina and uh, Ogawa, uh, Cortina, you know, he got Ogawa out of there with it, just a uh, just this crazy, like, just shot in the right hand, just put Agawa to sleep. So I think eventually Cortina will put Rakamov to sleep. I think it's actually going to be early, too. I would say probably the fourth round. I think Cortina, Joey Cortina, is going to put <laughs> Shot Cat Rakamov to sleep, and he's going to be, it's going to be some lullaby music. <laughs> so what do you think? What y'all guys think? Yeah, uh, I'm not really familiar with both guys, so I can't speak on this fight. But one thing I did wanted to add about, you know, back to my and uh, Gay Rosado is that, you know, like you were saying, uh, well, you know, back to my, he's he's going in on a four win streak. So I think his confidence is riding high. And like with Gay, with Gay Rosado, with him getting that, with him getting that stoppage over him, I think he's his confidence is high going into this fight, too. But at the same time, like you said, he's lost his last three. So I'm expecting I'm expecting a war in that fight, but at the same time I'm looking at it like for Gabe Rosado, it's like it's like the last hurrah for him. Mm. Yeah, you know, uh, yeah, Gabe, Gabe, Gabe is gonna give him a, a, a good run for his money. It's gonna be interesting to see what where both guys go after that. Um, as far as this one is concerned, they got it like a basically a 50-50 fight. Rakimov to me is now he might be somebody that they kind of not that they hype him up but when you when you hear about Rakimov you know they put him up there as like one of the tougher upper echelon guys in that weight division I'm not so certain he just looks like a tough greedy type guy now he does appear to be somebody who's in the gym all the time like he just he's a gym rat and so he's just gonna be tough to beat but he's just greedy um but he's open in his last fight right if you had a chance to take a look at it he fought a guy named Zelfa Barrett Zelfa Barrett was beating the brakes off of Rockamoff in the first like seven rounds and then something happened with his leg and then Rockamoff was able to finish him off so and he was getting he got nailed one of those rounds he got hit with an uppercut he couldn't get out of the way of the uppercut right hand uppercut was just killing him and I think that uh, Cordina, this is going to be a perfect matchup for him. And I think he also is going to be upset at the fact that they took his belt. That man has the belt that he won against Agawa, and he felt like it should be his. I never lost that belt. And so he's going to be coming forward. But he just has an opponent that his strong suit, even though his, his hand is surgically repaired, it looked very good. You know, nicely repaired. He's like the six million dollar man against you know Agawa, so he must not be having any lingering effects from those surgeries that he has. So I'm thinking I'm I'm, I'm gonna go about maybe nine round uh, stoppage for him. I just think that Cordina is gonna be hitting him with so many right hands that eventually that they're, they're gonna wave it off because you know uh, Rockamoff is game. You know what I'm saying? Like he's gonna keep coming. Or it might it might be like what you said, Bill. It could be earlier where he lands something that you know um, he's just not able to recover from, and that that's very you know that very well could happen as well. But my prediction would be a ninth round 
TKO victory for Joy uh, Cordina. Let me go ahead and take a look in these comments. I don't think I read this one where, where um, what is it, Adari Penman? He says, what goes around comes around. Look what Joyce did against Dubois, and John did the same thing to Joyce. That's you absolutely right, uh, because it, it seemed like when Joyce fought against um, Dubois, I thought that he had more experience then Dubois, and then also I think he had a chip on his shoulder too, because a lot of people were picking Dubois to beat Joyce, including myself. And he was like, "Y'all think this dude can beat me? He's not, you know, a skill. I'm, I'm, I'm the one who was the Olympian. I'm the one who was this, and I'm the one who was that." And he had that chip on his shoulder going into the fight, and he had a really good game plan. And I think the same thing happened yesterday, where Jean was looking at it like, even though they got him ranked higher than me, he really hasn't fought the guys, you know, the guys that he fought. I could beat them too. You know what I'm saying? Then you got to also think about my pedigree as far as the amateurs and stuff like that. I always felt like I was better than Joe Joyce. And he got that chip on his shoulder and he had an excellent game plan. So it was very similar, eerie similar situations, you know. Um, he also says Joyce need to use the cross arm to protect himself. That would be interesting to see him using that strategy a la George Foreman. I always say that yeah, he's a yeah. poor man, George Foreman. He needs yeah. something. Yeah, that, that, that's actually a good shot. Like I thinking about that even more. Because Joe Joyce doesn't move fast neither, too. His, his feet are slow, too. So that cross arm will probably help him a lot, mm -hmm. man. It's, it's you know what it'll hurt him with, though, is when he tried to open up the throw his shots. Because then he got to uncross his arm. To throw <laughs> <laughs> it takes so long just to uncross his arm. He's, he's that slow. <laughs> right. Uh, he also says Tyson Fury versus Usyk. Okay, that's the first one. Joshua versus Wilder. So you got uh, to me. Let me let me make some predictions on these two. So Fury, I think he would he would be Usyk better because he's just bigger and they equally as talented. But I think that he'll get that one. I think Wilder, you, t you, you might want to put that lullaby music on for Joshua if he faced Wilder. Yeah, um, he's going to sleep. He's going to sleep night, night, you know. Uh, Pestropedic, you know what I mean? Posturpedic. Dillian White, Gerald Miller. Ooh, I don't know about that one right there. That's a toss up. On the same car would be awesome. He's trying to, he's trying to break the bank. But that would be awesome, right? Is, is this Miller with the uh, the additional help or without the help? Oh, with the help, he might be the top heavyweight. You know right. <laughs> he might be there, everybody. All right. So the last thing that we do, Ty, is we go into the you know boxing news. And so just your thoughts on these last few topics here. Uh, first and foremost, it's been announced. I think they're going to fight in June. That's going to be Shields against Gabriel's the second edition. You guys have any thoughts on that one? Is that a good fight for Shields? I don't know because we, we already seen this fight already. Now and this wasn't a fight that I'm like, man, this is this I'm excited. Uh the only a tree that there's the selling point of this fight is that you know in their first fight, Gabriel's uh knocked Christian Shields down with a flash knockdown. Mm. Uh and that's probably the only time that Shields has ever been down. Plus, there's also a thing that you know. Even since then, Hannah Gabriel, even though she started at, at welterweight at a lower weight class at Clarissa Shields, she's she a big girl. Like she she actually fought at between light heavyweight and heavyweight and won the heavyweight title, you know. So uh there is some some you know size involved in this too. Uh, but I, I I don't know, when you look at who's available for Clarissa Shields to, to fight that will you know make her some money, a big name. 
it, it was only really Natasha Jonas who they were talking about, but Jonas never really had a shot at, at beating Christian Shields. Um, plus, Jonas asked for too much money because, you know, well, Christian Shields' words, because, you know, Jonas is a kind of a star in the UK. So I do think that this fight is probably the best available opponent that Christian Shields would, would take. Uh, I'm still going to tune in, but it's not something I'm like really, really excited about. Mm, you got any thoughts on that, Ty? Yeah, I, I agree with Val. You know, it wasn't when I heard first heard the news, I wasn't too, too excited about it. You know, the fight has already happened. I definitely was looking forward, you know, to the uh, Savannah Marshall rematch, but, you know, that's not happening. I thought that would have been a nice fight, you know, to have to have in, the, you know, in the UK again or maybe or even here in the US, you know, definitely a big bag, you know, for both for both women. But, you know, and this fight is also going to be in, you know, Shield's hometown. So, you know, you know, Shield, she's definitely going to um, be riding high. You know, she's going to be confident going into this fight. And we know that, you know, Shields doesn't have the best power. But I think she's definitely going to go into this fight, you know, wanting to make a statement. You know, she's already she's already beat Hannah before. So, you know, this is nothing new for her. But with the fact that it's going to be in her backyard, I think she's just going to, going to go in there with a lot more to prove. Mm, that's interesting you say that. I just going to I, – I didn't even see the first fight, you know. I just – one thing I will say is this. I'll give my um, biased prediction on this one. I'll, <laughs> I'll be rooting for Gabe Bruce. Um, I'm just I, – I, 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 didn't, I didn't see the first fight. No offense to shoot. You know, I'm just looking at these images right here, you know, what I see. And so I, I just – I'm liking what I see from Gabe Bruce. So hopefully she get the upset victory and so we can see more of her. Um, hey, hey, if you, you want to travel to Detroit, man, I, I'll tell you some good places to, uh, to visit if you want to – you know, go go over there and uh, visit, the, see that fight. <laughs> where's Where's Gabriel's from? You know, uh, I think she's from. She's I know she's Caribbean. She might be from Costa Rica or somewhere like that. Mm, okay, okay. Good. Shout out to uh, Anna Gabriel. All right. So uh, the next topic of this week. Oh, my man, man, Manny Pacquiao. He said that uh, he accepts the challenge to face Conor Ben. Um, this fight is interesting to me for two reasons one you got you would have a younger fresher you know sensation out of the uk against the older legend you know what i mean so that's that's one wrinkle to it the other wrinkle to it is maybe they don't drug test us they just let the dudes do whatever it is they want to do you know what i'm saying and uh and, and let the chips fall where they may but just all in all what do you guys think of this potential matchup to take place in june <laughs> man, if I'm Manny Pacquiao, I'll make sure it's drug testing in this fight. Because uh, cause Connor, man, he a big boy at welterweight. He can he can really drain down and get back up. Um, and and really without those that the extra help in the system, I don't think Connor Ben Connor Ben's only hope in this fight is is really you know Manny's age and him being out of the ring. Because a lot of people are going to look at this fight and think that Connor Ben is going to wash him because of what happened with. Uh, Udinez Ugas, but Conor Ben is not Udinez Ugas. Even the Ugas that lost Errol Spence, Conor Ben is now on that level. So I, I do think this this is a fight that uh, it'll be more intrigued to how Manny looks at the age of 44, you know, um, because it, 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 if, he, if he goes from, you know, 44 to 50 overnight, then, you know, Ben could win, you know. But as far as skill and as far as um, well, I think what happened, uh, you know, 
Manny would win a decision. But honestly, if I'm Manny Pacquiao, I, I would want to stay in, the, you know, out in the sunset. I would want to come back, you know, to, to boxing at all at this point. He's already, you know, made his bones. He, you know, uh, a legend, all time great. Keep it at that, man. We don't need to see boxers stick, especially the boxers that we love, stick around more longer than they should. Man, kind of, you know, Manny Pacquiao laid this dude to sleep, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> don't get him. What, what are you gonna have him like uh, 50 eggs a, a, a day? You know what I'm saying? He can't mess with no Manny Pacquiao. I don't know why I wrote it up, wrote it up. Uh, you know. <laughs> you gonna have to have 80 cartons of eggs a day. You know what I'm saying? You can't sit up here beating dudes like Samuel Vargas, Adrian Granados, Chris Algieri, uh, Chris Van Heerden. And then you talking about some Manny Pacquiao, bro? I don't care how long Manny Pacquiao been out. Manny Pacquiao, see, the thing is, what people don't take into consideration with that Ugas fight, Manny is used to a certain level of guy. You know what I'm saying? So you are preparing for Errol Spence, who's a left-hander. Then you go to Ugas, who's really hungry, you know what I mean? Who has that intestinal fortitude that he has, willing to risk his life coming from Cuba to get over here, willing to face anybody and everybody in the ring. Like, that's a daunting task, but it's hard for Manny to get up with somebody like that because he's a late replacement. And Manny was preparing for Errol Spence. So that people forget that. Now, his age, you know, showed a little bit too, but I think the Manny Pacquiao that was in the ring with Ugas was smash Ben too. Come on, man. Dude been in there fighting them little tomato cans and stuff like that on all them peds he can't mess with no manny pacquiao man he going up in there get that bread get that money you know and then after that whoop on josh taylor because he another uk dude that they're gonna be hyping up yeah you can do it uh canelo because that's what canelo was doing he was doing his uk tour he was like man let me go ahead just like some people take mexican fighters because they have a huge fan base you can fight on single de mayo you can fight on mexican independence day you can do that with the uk they got all them dudes over there, man. That's going to be your last little tour. You know what I'm saying? You know how Mayweather right now, he's doing his little um, exhibition fights and stuff like that. This is your avenue, man. You know, take out them UK blokes. You know what I mean? Get you a couple of them, them, them English muffins, man. What you think, Doc? Yeah, like when I when I first heard the news, you know, I had I had my thoughts about it. You know, I kind of wish that, you know, Connor Bang and you know uh Eubank, Chris Eubank, they can build their thing back up. I thought it was going to go in that direction, you know, since you know um Connor Bang's been clear of this PED stuff. But but yeah, I like like Vel was saying, man, I just don't want to see you know like the greats, man, fight fight past their you know their prime, man. We just seen it with Roy Jones, you know, he he fought the UFC guy thing, and this was a real boxing fight, and you know, Jones lost, Jones was 54 years old, so I kind of, I think Manny Pacquiao, you know, he's a legend, you know, he's a veteran in his sport, you know, he did his thing, you know, world champion, a lot of different weight classes, but you know, um, the thing with Pacquiao, you know, he did look good against Keith Thurman, he did look good against Broner, but this was a few years ago now, and like, he didn't look so great against Ugas, so, you know, I'm, I'm just feeling that, you know, maybe uh ben you know with all this with all this ped stuff you know behind him now he's ready to go in there and make a statement you know pacquiao you know it's, it's just past his time now so it's not a fight that i'm really interested in but uh i'll probably go for connor ben in this one man i don't put if they if their eyes anywhere close they talking about some ben favorite man i'm gonna put some serious bread on my man man pacquiao <laughs> yeah don't wait for pacquiao loses to no english muffin like that man Anything else, man, on, on that right there? Look at it. <laughs> no. Look like he done 
put took two vials in his, his, his touch. You understand what I'm saying on that picture? But anyway, let's go ahead and go to the next. Look, my man, man, right here. You see, <laughs> you know, you see the champ right there, Devin Haney, the person that they really should be trying to fight as opposed to these other fights like Tank and Ryan Garcia. They ain't got no belts or anything like that. That man has all four belts. He's the man. But anyway, Haney, he's saying that he'll stay at 135 for Tank because Tank is the money man. That's who everybody is saying is supposed to be this and supposed to be that. He said the names at 140 doesn't interest him. What do you think about those comments made by Devin and Dream Haney? Yeah, at, at first I was kind of like, man, man, you don't want to fight these guys? But I understand it, and this is why I understand it, because the, the names at 140 are – even though they're great, great, great fights, man. You got Regis Pro Gray, you got Josh Taylor, you got Tiafimo Lopez, you even got Jose Ramirez, you, you got guys like uh, Jose Zapata, you got all these guys, Sibriel Matias. These are very, very great fights and risky fights, but at the same time, they don't bring the same intrigue. Like we just talked about how, let's say Tank wins this fight against uh, Ryan Garcia. Tank, I mean, us boxing fans know what, what, what it is. We never gonna say tank is better than some of these guys in 140. But in, in the Azure average, like casual sports fans, they're gonna look at that like tank is the best thing popping. So if I'm Devin Haney, it's 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 the best thing to really stay at 135 and wait that out and see, hey, maybe I can get that fight with you know a tank Davis because everybody thinks tank everybody that's not the biggest you know, boxing fan like we are, everybody, casual sports fans and you know, just average people think that Tank is going to be that face of boxing, be that guy. And we, we all know that that th there's been some sparring sessions between Haney and and and, uh, and uh, Tank that they took down because of it was a rumor about how Tank looked in that sparring session. So these guys know each other well. And I think that Devin Haney isn't afraid of Tank's power. So I do think that's going to, that comes into play. And then also, um, and, and you should bring this up a lot, Will. You know, it's it's the, the how long is he if he's going to stay at lightweight? How long is he going to stay there? Because he really is a big lightweight, and he's growing. We don't want him to overstay his his weight class. Really, at lightweight, I just want him in two fights. Two fights, I want to see Devin Haney in Tank Davis, Shakur Stevenson. And really, I don't even want it in that order. I'd rather him take on Shakur Stevenson and then Tank Davis, but. You know, Tank Davis, Shakur Stevenson. And then he can move up. Uh, and, and for Devin Haney, I think, you know, deep down, I think Devin Haney is the type of guy who would take on those killers at 140 if he got 135 out the way. I really think he would. He don't come across as somebody that would duck and dodge the best at a weight class. So maybe I, maybe I think some of his words are taken out of context. But what are y'all thoughts? Yeah, like so for me, you know, I think you know, uh, Devin Haney, you know, he's a, he's a big boy in his weight class. You know, we've seen how he looked, you know, when he fought George Campos in that rematch. You know, his his face, you know, the way in man, his face was sunken in, man, it looked like he was it just looked like he didn't look good at all, but you know, he looked he did look good in the fight. So, you know, uh, Devin Haney is a big boy in his weight class. So, you know, if he gets past if he gets past Loma, you know, depending on how he looks. And you know how he feels, you know, if he if he feels like he needs to move up, you know, to get out that weight class, you know, then I say, you know, go ahead and go for it and you know, fight those names at uh 140. But you know, of course, the fight I want to see him fight, you know, Shakur Stevenson. You know, they both they both fight on ESPN, you know, they both with top ranks. So 
that's the fight that I would like to see. But, you know, if he doesn't stay at, you know, 130, 135, then, you know, just, just move up to 140 and take on those other options. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense because the money is at 135. You know, you got Tank, you got, you know, possibly even Shakur. Now, Shakur is a tricky situation because I don't know how much of the viewing audience, like just the regular everyday average Joes, know Shakur. But that would be a heck of a fight between those two. And Shakur is starting to call him out. So that would be interesting. Um, but Tank is the one because that's who everybody talks about. He's really like, with the exception of maybe Canelo, Spence, and maybe a few other guys, he's one of the top names in boxing. So why wouldn't you stick around for that payday? You know what I mean? And y'all have that history, and you honestly think that you are one of the dudes that can, you know, derail Tank's momentum. You know what I mean? So why not stick around for that? It makes sense that 140 is a little bit less intriguing for him with the names up there, high risk, low reward guys. Um, but I think that that's a better weight class for him, you know what I mean, as far as for his health and everything. And he might even be stronger, bigger. You know, he might pack a little bit better punch there because he doesn't have to suck himself down. He's just in a unique, not unique, but he's just in an interesting uh, situation. But if you stick around at 135 too long, because you're a grown boy, man. I shouldn't, I ain't gonna call you no boy. You're a man, but you, you're growing. Um, so you, you, you gotta be careful. Like you said, Ty, he didn't look so hot when he was preparing for that game, Cambosa's fight. I don't know what's going to happen now. I, I, I will favor, I'm favoring him against Loma, but at the same time, after Ramadan, um, you know, coming down and wait so much, you know, we're going to see how that's going to play out. This will let me know a lot, you know, after this Loma fight on what he should do next, you know, whether or not he should stay at 135 or should he, should he just go ahead and move up. Last but not least, y'all thought that was the last topic. I threw this one on there, too. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because we got my baby, man, Jake Paul, you know, coming off that close loss against Tommy Fury. He's going to be taking on Nate Diaz, who got that, what they call that, the uh, the, 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 Bay, the Bay Area slap. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Is that Bay Area slap going to, you know, do Jake Paul in? Or is, is Jake Paul just too big, too strong for Nate Diaz? I don't know. I would say he's too big and too strong because they did is, is 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 a big guy in, in itself it, it's just that he's not the greatest uh boxer plus he, he's 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 in you even in ufc terms he's passes his due date on that man he he's pretty old he's a lot more worn so jake paul his people is doing a great job of, of selecting these fights with you know legends that's past it uh i'm, I'm still not sure if I see Jake Paul even still beating Nate Diaz, though, I mean, I think it's a close fight. I don't think it's like, you know, he'll wash, he'll whitewash uh, Diaz or Diaz would, would, would knock out Jake Paul. But I can see, you know, I can see Diaz, you know, beating Jake Paul though. So um, I don't know. I'm, I'm never, I'm never really that intrigued about these fights, but I'll definitely tune in to see what's going to happen. What's called Sean said Nate is 37. Yeah, man, he old 37, man. This dude was fighting Conor McGregor, like, what, seven, eight years ago? <laughs> like, probably longer than that, man. Nate, 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 Nate. What's Nate going been on? around a minute, man. Nate, Nate probably been in UFC probably about, what, 15 years? <laughs> Something like that. You know, Nate, uh, Andre Ward is high on Nate's boxing ability. You know, he talk about that slap. He's like, I'll be seeing him in the gym. He don't look like much, but he tapped you on the chin with that little slap. So that's going to be interesting to see as well. 
Um, also, Shelton mentioned in a previous, I apologize for not seeing that, but he says, do you agree? Do you guys believe Deb when he called Kriegel during the Stevenson fight and said he was standing at 35 after he beats Loma? We'll see, man. We'll see. I don't know. You know, it, it, it all depends, like, on what his body is telling him. Because sometimes you can, you know, he, he's gotten down there and he probably think that, okay, I can get down there and I still can perform. I felt good inside the ring after I rehydrated. I just have to get down to that weight. But, you know, you playing with fate, you know what I'm saying? Because you might do that one time and then it's just not there. You know what I'm saying? So we'll see. I think he's going to play with it and keep doing it until he, um, he, he, he has an experience of not feeling himself when he enters the ring. And hopefully it's not against a, um, in, in a Loma fight because Loma is highly skilled. And I think Loma got a little bit more pop in his punches than people give him credit for. And then you definitely don't want to be in a situation where you weaken against Tank because Tank can take full advantage of that. And you'll really be hearing some bedtime stories. We got, uh, yeah, he's 37. And then also, so he started at 20. Okay. Okay. My man, Matt Shelby, knowing this stuff. Um, as far as what I think, for one, I see on here it says August 5th. So it looked like I'll be watching this bad boy when I'm out there in Rio de Janeiro, um, Brazil. Also, um, my man, man, his name for Kyle, who's fighting against Morel. I'm going to be rooting for you, brother. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to call <laughs> Um, but I'll be out there the week before that. I'll be back in Milwaukee for um, a family reunion and whatnot. So, you know, shout out to both of these guys. You know, I, I, hopefully I'm watching the fight. You know what I'm saying? You see some of them chicas out there at, uh, at a Copacabana. You understand what I'm saying? I might be like, forget old Jake and Nate Diaz. But anyway, um, as far as the fight is concerned, I have no clue. You know what I'm saying? Because Nate is just tough. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I'm not going to. Like right now, like even attempt to make any type of prediction, you know, on who I think is favorite in this and who's not. Um, I just have to look at him a little bit more as far as just his technique. I just see how tough he is in the ring. Like he's always competitive against anybody that you put him in there with. And so I, I think that would be the case when it comes to this fight against Jake Paul. He's just a tough, hard-nosed dude. He's hard not to root for, you know what I mean? Because he's just old blood and guts. Um, so I look forward to it. Like you said, Jake Paul is doing a really good job of marketing himself against different opponents that people want to see. You know what I mean? They're intrigued because it's so close. Like it could go either way. Um, and so we'll, we'll see. I, I'm, I'll be entertained by, you know, whether or not it's going that night, the day after, you know what I mean? Sipping on a nice little local drink with an umbrella, you know, out there in Brazil. But what about you, um, Ty? Yeah, I'm going to go for Jake Paul in this one. You know, um, yes, he did lose to, you know, Tommy Ferry, but Tommy Ferry was, you know, the first real boxer that he fought. But at the same time, you know, he dropped he dropped Tommy Ferry. You know, he dropped the real boxer. You know, he also dropped Anderson Silva. You know, he's also dropped, you know, Tyron Woodley. So, you know, he's he's dropping athletes. You know what I mean? He's he's dropping guys that's, that's been in that octagon. You know what I'm saying? So, um, and, and Jake Paul definitely has the youth. So, and he's a big guy as well. So, I'm going. I'm gonna go for Jake Paul in this fight. Like I said, we we seen what he can do with all these uh, different athletes. So, you know, I'm I'm glad he's getting back in there. You know, right after his loss, you know, with Ferry, you know, he's showing he's showing that you know it's not over for him. You know, just because he lost, so you know he's getting right back in there. You know, this fight is right in Dallas, Texas. You know, and uh, even though neither guy, you know, are real boxers, it's not a fight that I would want to go see. You know, of course, I'm upset. You know, with the um. 
Virgil Ortiz and, you know, uh, staying on this fight, you know, being called off, you know, due to, uh, you know, Virgil Ortiz's illness. So um, it is, it is, you know, and uh, Dallas touches, you know, I got a lot of fan friends out there. So I'm definitely, I'll definitely, you know, cover, you know, Jake Paul, you know, he's a huge, you know, he's a huge star, you know, he's got like 20 million, you know, subscribers on YouTube. So, you know, he's doing his thing, man. He's getting right back in there, but I'll probably go for, you know, Jake Paul, Jake Paul probably by, I would say probably by decision in this fight. Yeah, you know, I, I lived out there in Texas, in Dallas, Texas, 14 years. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, when I was out there, they didn't call it Dallas. They called it Dallas. You know what I'm saying? Making that money out there. But, you know, it should be a nice event. I'm, I'm certain that it'll be out there at uh, where the Mavs play, um, which is a nice, nice little arena. Um, I don't think this will pack out Jerry World. Um, I don't think, but you just never know. But, you know, good boxing talk, fellas, man. Anything else you guys want to discuss, you know, as we close this show? And before we do, I do want to shout out the fellas in the chat. My man, man, Shelton, you know, he was active in there. You had Amari Peniment. Um, You had Scotty. I know Scotty was up in there. Help me out, fellas. I can't go back up yeah, there. Yeah, Chris G. Chris you know, G. You there? What up, though? Yeah, what up, though? You, you you know, Chris G, you can always come on, too. You know what I mean? You Oh, yeah, my, my twin, Shadell. Okay. Up okay. There, you know, Scotty, yeah. Jimmy Chin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of them, man. You know, yeah. appreciate you. Appreciate you, uh, you know, rocking out with us today. Also, don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button, you know. Um, and then on the way out, uh, Ty, we was talking about Berlinga last week as far as him and Quigley. You, you have any thoughts on Berlinga at all before we wrap it up? Yeah. Uh, I'm not too familiar with uh, Quigley, but, you know, I'm not very high on, you know, our Berlinga. You know, of course, he did just train, you know, change uh, teams. You know, he's with a different promotion now. Uh, he felt he wasn't getting the best fights, you know, with, uh, with Bob Arum. So, you know, and uh he didn't he didn't look so good in his last couple fights. So, you know, um I'm I'm just feeling like he's his run is not really gonna be that long. So uh I, I don't really know what to say. I can't really predict this one, but you know, I was I was very high on Berlinga at one point. You know, of course he was getting all those early knockouts, but you know, as the competition got stiffer, you know, those knockouts weren't coming like that. So like again, you know, he is with a different promotion team. So I'm expecting him to get a lot of fights, but you know, if he's getting a lot of big fights, you know, I don't think you know his run is really going to be that long. You think his reign on the top is short like leprechauns? Yeah, throw that dude in there with uh David Morrell, man. Let's see what Berlinga's really made of. See that that see Bell bugging. See, my thing is this though with Berlinga, Berlinga is one of those guys who he's not really that good. So I don't see his ceiling being like a top pound for pound caliber type guy right but he is an attraction he does you can't sell him out in new york you got the puerto rican fan base you got um puerto rican weekend so you can get him some soft touches build him up to this powerful power punching dy dynamo and then eventually have him fight somebody like Canelo because Canelo always he gonna get him a little he gonna get him a big fight against somebody then he's gonna take him a couple soft touches but the soft touches also are events themselves so you can put him and let him get beat up by Canelo where he's going to go ahead and make some bread and get beat up as opposed to putting him in there with Morrell when he's getting short money to get beat up by somebody we know he ain't gonna beat 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you want the big fights? Let them have the big fights. <laughs> after he makes the money, you got to get the bread first, though. You know what I'm saying? That's like that's like uh, Roly Romero. Roly Romero gonna get beat up by somebody, right? Why not have him talk his talk and then get beat up by Tank, where he make a lot of bread doing it, and then you can always come back, you know, with some comeback fights and things like that, and then have him fight somebody like Pueyo or something like that. You know, but that's my thoughts on it, man. Hey, you know, it, it is what it is. Anything else you guys have before we wrap it up? Yeah, no, sh- oh, shout out to Ty though, man, for for, for joining the guest though. But go ahead. Oh, yeah, man. I appreciate, you know, appreciate you guys, you know, having me on, man. You know, it's been a minute since I've done an episode. You know, uh, last episode I did was, you know, I had a uh, former pro boxer, Mike No Joke Stewart, on here. You know, if you guys, you know, if everybody that's tuned in, you're not familiar with him, you know, definitely check that episode out. You know, it's my first time, you know, having uh, a boxer do an actual episode with me. You know, Mike No Joke Stewart was definitely chopping it up, man. Had a lot to say. And another thing I want to say is, um, Stay tuned, stay tuned. You know, I got an interview to do with uh former pro boxer uh Travis Matan Kaufman. So, you know, we're working on doing the interview, so definitely stay tuned. You know, we're gonna drop that interview real soon, and I definitely will probably cover you know the tank and uh Ryan Garcia fight on my channel. You know, if you guys are up and you know you guys want to cover it with me, you know, you're welcome. You know, you're definitely welcome. You know, everybody let's tune in, man. Um, uh, subscribe to the channel, you know. Um, in this corner, just type T Finney. 3319 in YouTube, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. You might want to drop that in the chat if you can. Um, what I was gonna say, I'm I want to come on for that tank and Ryan, but it's probably gonna have to be like once it's right over with. Like as soon as the fight is over with, it don't be too too invested in the fight. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I can't be on watching that. I might be saying all type of curse words. They turn your dang on uh stream off they're like man it's too much volatile or vulgar language going on you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. you know now it's gonna be an extra five minutes for they you know get get the pepper in the ring so they can wake wake garcia up yeah i don't know I think, <laughs> yeah i think you know tank i think afterwards tank is going to you know hug ryan and say man you you a lot better than i thought man you know what i'm saying and i appreciate it but you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna decline this post fight interview because I'm, I need to get my thoughts together because my brain scrambled a little bit. <laughs> Let me put this up there, man. No, nah, man. Good luck to both guys. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. Like I said, I like Tank, and I would really be rooting for Tank to the fullest if I knew he was gonna do the right thing afterward. Like if he take this fight and be like, man, I just whooped him. Let me get Devin or this guy inside the ring. I just I'm scared that he's gonna take this win. And then he's gonna fight two or three more Roly Romeros. Or I saw Cruz part two. I saw well, I saw that would be all right. You know what I'm saying? I don't think I don't think he want that that pit bull smoke. You know what I'm saying? I think he's trying to get him a little chihuahua or something. Who who out there that, that can't hit? He might fight uh Sander Martin at 140. <laughs> Dude, he might. Nah, he might. Santa Martin might be a little too tricky. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Santa Martin might be giving him them Tevin Farmer, uh, you know, flashbacks. You know what I'm saying? Let me see who out there. Let me make a quick prediction. Who, who's out there for? Uh, who did Keyshawn just fight? 
Uh, Anthony, can you dig it? You <laughs> <laughs> Your favorite fighter, Will. <laughs> he might mess around. Nah, I don't shout out the tank, man. I because I gotta go to Baltimore soon. I'll be over there trying to, you know, run me down. You yeah, understand what I'm saying? But anyway, Jack um, Catterall. Jack Jack Catterall, Jack Catterall. At 140. That might be a little too tricky. Nah, you <laughs> <laughs> Catterall got them cat like you know, reflex. Floyd Sheffield in, in, in Britain at 135. <laughs> Let me see. Nah, next episode, we'll figure out tank next time. All right, I'll be <laughs> hey, who, who tank fighting next? All Tune right, in. Tune in. But appreciate you, fellas. And again, thank you, Ty. I appreciate you having me on, man. Yeah, no doubt. We'll catch you next time. Hopefully you enjoyed it. We out. Peace. Peace.